beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Nine to Thrive, quick health tips for busy lives. I'm Cece, your go-to nutrition nerd, and I'm thrilled you're joining me today. We've got nine action-packed minutes ahead filled with real talk and practical tips to help you heal for good. So whether you're on your commute, taking a quick break, or multitasking like the boss you are, let's dive in and make every minute count. It's time to nerd out. Today, we're diving deep into a topic that has touched a jaw-dropping 90% of women, dieting. Yeah, you heard that right. A staggering 90% of women have tried dieting at some point. But why? Why do we resort to diets when we're aiming to boost our health, or we should be anyway? Well, because many women believe that restrictive dieting is the only way to lose weight. 50% of women who are dieting are doing it to lose weight. And questionable trend-based dieting is everywhere, thanks in part to the Kardashians and a lot of social media wellness influencers. While the intentions behind going on a diet are usually positive, after all, we value our health and we want to show up as our best in our relationships, our families, and our careers, the impact of diet culture is profound. Here are just a few of the unintended consequences of diet culture. First, diet culture puts too much emphasis on fitness, sometimes making it the sole measure of health. And then we end up prioritizing appearances and keeping score in terms of how many times we make it to the gym each week. Further, dieting ties our weight to our moral value, making us feel guilty or ashamed if we don't fit societal beauty standards. And it also tends to promote weight loss at any cost, sometimes pushing extreme methods that harm our physical and mental health. And unrealistic body ideals showcased in diet culture create a constant feeling of dissatisfaction with our own bodies. We compare ourselves to these unattainable standards, leading to poor body image and disordered eating patterns. By disconnecting us from our body cues, diet culture makes us rely on external rules and guidelines for eating. And so we lose touch with our hunger, our, our fullness, our sense of satisfaction, which can really disrupt our natural relationship with food. And it ultimately creates a moral judgment about food, labeling some food as good and other food as bad. And this categorization fosters guilt and shame around our eating choices, which distorts our understanding of nutrition and causes a negative impact on our overall well-being. But the biggest damage I see in the work that I do is that diets and diet culture interrupt the natural, beautiful, health-flourishing system of hormone signaling. So listen, bottom line, we all know it, diet culture sucks. There, I said it. You can officially quote me on that. But here's why. I want to shine light on the five specific ways I think that diet culture has failed us and our long-term health and talk about what we can do about it. So way one, restricting calories. So if there is one myth I could permanently delete from your mind, it's that counting calories keeps you at a healthy weight. We've all been conditioned that Eating less and exercising more will give you lasting health and happiness. But this, this, this calorie in, calorie out approach is one of the hardest ways to lose weight and maintain health long term. Why? Well, every time you eat less and exercise more, you change your metabolic set point. Your set point is where your body maintains its weight within a preferred range of calories. Old school thinking said that your genetics determined this set point, that the genetically lucky people got a higher set point where the unlucky ones got stuck with a lower set point. But new evidence proves this to be wrong. 
you are not a victim to your DNA. It turns out that you train your metabolic set point. So when you eat less and you exercise more, you lower your set point threshold. This is where low-calorie diets have failed women because each time we lower our threshold, we make it more difficult on ourselves to eat any other way. So when we go back to eating more calories or working out less, the pounds come back on much easier because now we are above our set point threshold. This is madness, right? <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. Unfortunately, though, this has been the way of women's diets for years and often this will produce a temporary result, which just ends up seducing us to keep coming back for more. But tragically, over time, our bodies fight the reduction in calories by increasing hunger signals to our brain and slowing down our metabolism. This is actually a beautiful thing because it's our hormones way of trying to find balance. Okay, way number two, promoting poor quality food choices. 40 years ago, the American government declared war on fat and we've already talked about this in episodes one and two of this season. Concerned that fat was contributing to cardiovascular disease, the government was advising people to stay clear of all kinds of fats, especially saturated fats and cholesterols, two things that our bodies need in order to have healthy hormone signaling. So this declaration catalyzed the low-fat movement, forcing the food industry to develop these fat-free foods. Of course, we now know with the removal of fat, however, the food industry had a really big obstacle to overcome, taste. Fat makes food taste great. <laughs> That's why bacon is effing amazing. So the food industry replaced fat with sugar and man-made flavor-enhancing frankenchemicals in its products, which caused obesity rates to skyrocket. In the 1960s, fewer than 14% of Americans were considered overweight. Today, that number is projected to surpass 50% by 2030. So when you see low fat on a product, on a product label, put it back on the shelf and step away. Low fat really means high sugar and high toxic ingredients, two things that will cause inflammation, weight gain, hormone imbalances, and other chronic conditions. All right, way three, spiking cortisol surges. Cortisol is known as a stress hormone, though it does so much more for our bodies than regulate stress, but that is another episode for another day. Um, the thing, though, is that you cannot be in a state of stress and health at the same time. For just one example, let's go back to the calorie restriction diets that 90% of women have tried in the past. The rigidity of these diets often creates stress, which spikes our cortisol levels. You start reducing the number of calories you eat, which makes you hungry and irritable. This agitated state creates a fight or flight reaction in your brain, and your brain responds by releasing the cortisol hormone into your bloodstream, telling your body that there's a crisis at hand. Your body responds to this crisis signal by shutting down digestion. Say hello to things like leaky gut, IBS, and more. It also stops fat burning, which makes you feel like you can't lose weight no matter what you do. And it also responds by raising your blood sugar levels so that you're physically prepared to handle this stressful situation. And when this happens for a long time, you can develop insulin resistance and eventually type 2 diabetes. Now, the crazy part is that all of this can happen without a single bite of food entering your mouth. As part of cortisol's power, um, it, it tends to be hypersensitive and hyper-responsive, and it can spike when you're on a rigid diet, when you're overloaded at work, when you have an argument with a loved one, and even when you over-exercise trying to force your body into a state of health. A woman's body is so much more sensitive to swings in stress than a man's body. We are hormonally designed to procreate, and when stress goes up, it signals a massive hormonal shutdown to occur. 
Our body will reorganize all of our hormones in that moment so that we're neurochemically prepared to run from or fight the stressor. This new hormone configuration often means that it does not matter how great your diet is. It doesn't matter how many hours you spend at the gym or what detox program you're on. Your health is going to suffer and you will not be able to lose weight if that is your goal. All right, wave four, exposure to toxic ingredients. Toxins make you fat and sick. That sounds dramatic. It sounds direct, but it's true. And, and well, it is direct. <laughs> when your body gets an influx of these chemicals, it doesn't know how to break them down. So it stores them as fat. I do want you to remember that the next time that you look in the mirror and start to pick yourself apart and villainize the stubborn weight that just won't go away, that fat is not there to stress you out or make you insecure. And it's not your fault or your weakness that it's there. Your body literally did not know how to break down the chemicals that the food industry put in what you're eating. So it placed it in your fat stores so that it wouldn't harm the organs that keep you alive. So in that way, it's a pretty brilliant system. And I hope you appreciate what your body is doing every day to protect you. So what chemicals are especially harmful? Ugh, unfortunately, the list is long. I'm going to put the full rundown in the show notes, but the five worst are BPA plastics, phthalates, atrazine, um, organotins, and per, God, I can never pronounce this, perfluoroactanoic acid. Woo, I did it, PFOA. And they are abundant in our food, our water, our beauty products, cleaning products, cookware, even our clothing. So detoxing these chemicals out of your body can be the answer to a variety of challenges, including weight loss resistance, thyroid problems, and autoimmune conditions. All right, we are finally at wave five, one size fits all approaches. Because listen, there is no one perfect diet for everyone. We all have different hormonal needs at different times of our lives, and our diet needs to accommodate that ebb and flow. One of the biggest harms that has ever been done to women's health is the perpetual belief that we all should be on the same diet. But Perhaps the biggest way in which a one-size-fits-all mentality to food and nutrition destroys us is in comparison, notably comparison with each other. Instead of trying to create our own beautiful, unique health path, we tend to watch other women and the results that they get with their diets and lifestyle choices, and we assume that our body can achieve the same result. All too often, we determine our self-worth by comparing ourselves to another woman's highlight reel. And when we don't measure up, we assume that we are broken, we're failures, or we're weak. Listen, I am here to tell you that none of that is true. It's utter bullshit. It's time for a powerful reminder. Each and every one of you is unique, special, incredibly strong. And as women, we possess an inherent strength that allows us to navigate the complexities of life with grace and resilience. So listen, in a world that often tries to fit us into predefined molds and expectations, it's essential to embrace that individuality. And that work starts in your own head and heart. Celebrate and elevate your qualities, talents, experiences, body shape, because all of those things are part of what makes you so extraordinary. Self-appreciation is not a luxury, my friends. It is a necessity. All right. Now that you've been educated on how diet culture has failed us, and we are going to run a little long today. Sorry, guys. I cannot fit this into nine minutes. It's just too important, though. Um, let's, uh, let's hear the upside of this narrative. Let's learn how to take back control of your health trajectory. Here are five positive shifts that we need instead. 
Shift one, nutrient embrace. So instead of restricting calories, let's focus on nutrient-dense foods that nourish your body from the inside out. Spoiler alert, (laughs) this often means eating more calories than you are now. Of all the women that I've worked with, on average, they come to me consuming about 1,500, 1,600 calories per day. That is way too low. Your body thinks you're starving and it hangs on to fat stores for when you need them. In general, I usually end up resetting these clients' energy intake to about 2,000 to 2,300 calories per day and bam, suddenly their bodies unlock the stored fat and they can lose weight again. Thing two, uh, shift two, elevated eating. So I live by a food philosophy that I call healthy eating, healthy treating. And I teach this to all of my clients as well. In short, you eat well and you eat to your specific plan or lifestyle about 80 to 90% of the time and indulge guilt-free for the remaining 10 to 20%. So here's how that breaks down on a weekly basis. If you have three meals a day, that means you're eating 21 meals per week, three meals a day times seven days a week math with me. <laughs> if you do if you do healthy eating 80% of the time, that means that for about 16 meals, you're on target. That also means for the remaining five meals, you can healthy treat. You can indulge within reason. Have the donut, enjoy the french fries, and do it guilt-free. All right, shift three, blood sugar balance. Listen, insulin is a hormone. And if it's out of balance or overworked because we keep having blood sugar spike after blood sugar spike from our meals... It sets up a hormonal cascade that can mess with your total health. Shift four, cleaner living. Listen, while you cannot eliminate all toxins, you can certainly reduce your exposure. And that is the ultimate goal here. And shift five, cycle syncing. Women's bodies go through cycles and our diet and exercise patterns should reflect that. Even if you are in perimenopause or menopause, you can and should still eat and move to a regular monthly rhythm. This one can be tricky to master, so this area is really where health coaches like myself shine. Just reach out to me on Instagram at NutritionNerdCC if you want to learn more. So, okay, let's get real for a moment before we bring this to a conclusion. When I talk about health, I'm not just talking about vanity measures like losing a few pounds or fitting into a bikini. Health is about so much more than that. I'm talking about longevity, I'm talking about vitality. I'm talking about living a long and fulfilling life so that you can show up as your best for yourself first and foremost, and then so you can be there for the people who need you. And that's a wrap, beautiful people. Another nine minutes closer to healing for good. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share the love with your friends. Got questions or topics you want me to cover? Just slide into my DMs on Instagram at NutritionNerdCC. Until next time, keep thriving and remember, you've got this.